Hello, 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 and welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast. We got Dude here, and of course, we got Andy with us as always. The man with the plan. That is correct. Everything he completes oh, me. Wow, Andy, what, what's yes. going on, brother? <laughs> you know, just over here completing your your soul, yeah, per usual. <laughs> All right, Andy, why don't you explain so, to the folks who we are and what we're doing here? Oh, yeah, that's right. This is the Old Album Nerds Podcast, and we are two longtime friends who love talking about records. So we like to get together every couple of weeks and just kind of recommend some stuff that we feel passionately about as being some primo album selections. What we like to do, we pick out four new release records, highlight those first, and then we kind of dig into our crates of vinyl and pick out two records that we lovingly referred to as the old dogs Whoa. and uh wrap up the show with those so that's what we're doing today kind of getting back on track here after a little bit of a hiatus at the beginning of the year yeah yeah well you know yeah, we're waiting yeah. for new stuff to come out got a lot of activities going on with holidays and post-holiday friends and family stuff so here we are fully prepared locked and loaded we're covering soul metal folk bluegrass chamber pop so we got a whole bunch of stuff for a whole bunch of different types of tastes so why don't we get going on this stuff, yo? All right, so we're going to ease back into things here with a smooth cut from a Bloomington, Indiana-based five-piece soul group by the name of Duran Jones and The Indications. We are going to play a cut from their album American Love Call. This is Don't You Know. Oh, love that 70s soul vibe they got going on there. All indications are soulful. That's right. <laughs> so Duran Jones and the five-piece here, they kind of formed when they were in school in Indiana. And this is their sophomore record. It's much for bigger sound here, much more lush productions. They're actually able to spend some money on this record. Lots of strings, a little bit of horns, if you're a fan of the sound that Temptations had back in the 70s, I think you would dig what they got going on here. The album itself deals largely with matters of the heart. That's right, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so the title, the, the opening cut, <laughs> Morning in America, does deal with some social issues, which I really enjoyed. Um, I wish the rest of the, at least parts of the rest of the record would get into similar type topics. But they keep play it pretty safe. Keep it to the, the low stuff, which I think works great in this genre in general, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But yeah, these are some really warm, inviting songs here that are stand well on their own. There's a few that I think are phenomenal, but as a whole, the record is very solid. And I think, uh, you know, like I said, if you dig that 70s soul sound, it's not a lot of funk here, but I think you'll, I think you'll dig the, uh, the vibe they got going on. Oh, yeah, it's completely genuine sounding. Uh, Smokey Robinson vocally comes to mind, which mm -hmm. is one of my favorite of the, the soul era voices, the Motown era. Yeah, this has got everything. I really enjoyed it as well. It scratches that itch. It, uh, it doesn't feel cheesy. It doesn't feel like some sort of yeah, urban copy. Yeah, it's not tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. yeah. 
it, it just feels very genuine, very cool, and like like you're going back in time a little bit, but in the very best way. So right. thanks for bringing this one to the show, dude. Word up. Once again, that is Duran Jones and the Indications, and the record is American Love Call. All right, babies. We're gonna we're gonna change gears here. We're going uh, a little more rocky. We're going some progressive metal. This is Psychotic Waltz. The album is The God Shaped Void, and the song is Pull the String. All right, that was Psychotic Waltz. The album was The God-Shaped Void, and that song was Pull the String. This album was just released in February of 2020, and Psychotic Waltz is a progressive metal band formed in El Cajon, California in 1988. They broke up in 96, disbanded anyway, reconvened in 2010. They've been playing a lot of live shows. They have kind of a cult following. They're sort of in the same realm as in the late 80s as uh, Fate's Warning and uh, Queensryche, that that sort of style. And it took them 23 years to put out a new record since 1996. And I, I'd never heard of them. So my buddy Rob at Progressive Music Planet, go check out that website, mentioned them, had did a review uh, before the album came out. So then I went and looked at some of their old stuff because the new one hadn't been released yet. And I really loved the 1996 album Bleeding, it was um, heavy, but it had, as we heard there, some flutes and strings and stuff put in there, but very unique and kind of chaotic and sonically different than anything that was happening around that time. And now there's been a lot more diversity in music. So these guys may not sound quite as unique uh, to a newcomer, but I thought it was a really good record. Uh, I even, I like that song, Pulled the String, quite a bit. I mean, you could... The lyrically, it, they touch upon things like I believe that that's a reference to, you know, the good guys are the angels, but they're still carrying guns. You know, it does we're not no one's really a true good guy. That's kind of the the vibe mm. of some of these songs. Um, mm-hmm. It's sort more of complicated desolate. than that. Yeah, and they're they're well produced, beautifully arranged. The opener, Devils and Angels, is six minute sort of psychedelic sprawl. I don't know. It, I just really liked it. It's one of those soundscape records, and I really enjoyed it. And I mostly enjoyed going back to their back catalog to discover a little bit more about these guys and then listen uh, for those similarities. You know. So, Andy, what were your thoughts on Psychotic Waltz? I felt like I was going a little psychotic after reading their, <laughs> their bio. <laughs> so, I'd never heard of them either. And I read their bio on Spotify, and they said they were like one of the prominent progressive rock groups of the 90s. I was like, oh, cool. This is probably something I'll love. Listened to the God Shaped Void, and I was like, this does not sound even remotely progressive to my ear, as someone listens to, I guess, more modern-day progressive rock. Um, does have flutes, so I guess... Oh yeah! Technically, they checked that box, and uh, well, I, yeah, I mean that's kind of my little when I I I like the flutes, you know, but uh, <laughs> okay. but I wouldn't like it on a Metallica record. You know what I'm saying? Well, 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't care for it. I mean, if either. James Hetfield whipped out a flute and started going all Ron Burgundy, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> I think people the didn't Jethro like uh, people didn't like saying anger. That's one thing. If, if they went flutey, <laughs> it'd be done. They'd be done. That's way way down. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I just, it didn't sound that super progressive to me. At least. Do me a this favor. Mo- this and record. Go back to the, some of their earlier records. Check those out, and then yeah. listen with new ears and see if uh, you have a different experience. But I really enjoyed it, and it's just nice to discover something new that's old. Sometimes, you know, like I missed it right. the first time. So, everybody out there, if you like the progressive, if you like the metal, or just the metal, if Andy has anything to say about it, then go check out. <laughs> Go check out Psychotic Waltz, The God-Shaped Void. Thank you. <laughs> Andy, what do you got, my friend? All right, man. All right. So for my second new release pick here, we're going to be talking about an indie folk record from the artist Frazy Ford. The album is entitled You Can Be the Sun. came out in uh, February of 2020. We are going to play a cut towards the beginning of the record here. This is Money Can't Buy. Alright, this is Frazee's third studio album for the uh, Vancouver-based singer-songwriter. She had been a member of the group Be- The Be Good Tanyas. If you're familiar with them, you might recognize her voice. On this record, she says that she freed herself from the traditional folk writing formats in which um, typically the lyrics would rely heavily on metaphors. On this record, she tries to be very direct and focused, and I think that pays off. The other kind of cool twist to this record that I really appreciated was it lies heavily on the rhythm section of the band here. It's not so much guitar-focused. It's a lot lot of drums and bass. And the reason for that is because they wrote this record, um, just the three of them, drums, bass, and vocals, uh, feels kind of like a live show that you're witnessing, which I think works really well. Uh, All in all, I think the melodies they create here work really well, and this is the kind of record that can really kind of dig into your ears and stick in your brain for a while. So what did you think, man? Do you got anything uh, sticking in your ear? Yeah, I I didn't love the vocals. And this, right. you know, it sounded like the, uh, somewhat like the 10,000 Maniacs to me, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Which, and this is fine. You know, it's pleasant enough. There's It just it didn't grab me. I wasn't drawn in really by the style or, or anything else. But it was, you know, if, if this is really more for people who um, enjoy this type of genre. For me, this is just not the kind of thing I typically listen to, but yeah, it, totally. it didn't, it wasn't like, Oh my God, this sucks. You know, there wasn't, it was nothing. It wasn't offensive to my ears. It just didn't, uh, didn't warm my heart. Yeah. Well, I know it's a cold, cold heart. And I can't imagine the, the fires needed to warm that thing up. So, <laughs> I was going to see how oh, long yeah. I could be quiet and decide if I was hurt or not. <laughs> anyway. Answer is, I was not hurt. Oh, okay. You can't do nothing to my cold heart. <laughs> and also, that that 
sometimes it reminded me of like 70s singer songwriter like late 70s early 80s type of pop too so mm-hmm. yeah it definitely crosses over in like that pop space as well at times um she had kind of a big hit off this record here with there's a track by the name of the kids are having none of it which is kind of like a social political type song and yeah it got some a little bit of buzz on the youtubes from what i understand so yeah if you if you're not familiar with her as a here in the folk space i think she's uh pretty doing some cool stuff on this record here once again the artist is frizzy ford and the album is you can be the sun all right, so let's get Southern, y'all. Steel Drivers. Album is bad for you. Oh, it's good for you, but the title is bad for you. And the track <laughs> is The Bartender. All right, so that was The Steel Drivers. The album is Bad For You. That song was The Bartender. This record just came out in February of 2020. Steel Drivers, for those that don't know, Bluegrass Group formed in Nashville, Tennessee in 2005. Chris Stapleton is a former founding member. He left in 2010. This is their fifth album, their third album vocalist. This new guy is 25-year-old vocalist Kelvin Damrell. I think he's got a great voice, and I think it goes really well with what they're doing here. This album was written entirely by the group's lone female member, Tammy Rogers. She had co-writers, but she brought all the songs to the table, and it kind of helps keep that traditional sound of the band there, since she's one of the original members. She kind of knew what the band is all about, and so she she wrote songs from her personal life uh, when a heart breaks was inspired by her teenage daughter's first heartbreak, right? Mm-hmm. The 12 o'clock blues is about her struggle with insomnia. And that bartender song was just about a bartender and how they listen to people and give them advice and you know any decisions, any bad decisions made by pulling the trigger, to, so to say, they yeah. just hold the gun. They're not making anyone do anything. They're not making anyone drink anymore. Not, they're kind of like pushing them up to the ledge yeah, there yeah. a little bit, giving them some momentum. Well, because they're giving them the, the, the booze, right? But I thought yeah, it was yeah. a cleverly written song. Yeah, very the, clever wordplay there, yeah. The okay. vocals were excellent on the entire record. And the whole bluegrass vibe, I've never been like a big bluegrass guy, but they do it in a way where it's like bluesy and soulful too. Mm-hmm. So it's you hear that banjo and it gets you kind of grooving instead of feeling like you should be blowing on a jug and have overalls with no shirt on. You know what I mean? So I really enjoyed this record. what do you think, man? Yeah, I really dug it too. The songwriting is really great. There's a couple of tracks in particular that stuck out when the first time I heard them. I was like, whoa, this is, they're really kind of on to something here. Um, the one that was mentioned real quick, there's another record called Falling Man, which I think is kind of a reference to that famous photograph from, 9-11. Oh, yeah, where, yeah. Uh, the businessman is jumping out of the, the tower as it's kind of crumbling below him there. Really awesome kind of recollection of what that was like. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a good reminder of how important that, that time was for us. Um, yeah, so they're, they're been great kind of capturing those moments. And, yeah, the band is solid. You know, my only, it's not qualm, but I would love to hear like, some of these songs jammed out a little bit more. They're all really short. Yeah. 
And bluegrass can be awesome when they kind of get some some yeah. loose playing going. I imagine when they play live, it probably is off. Yeah, off, right rocks. You know, off the rails in terms of yeah. the freedom that they have to jam. But I think they capture that bluegrass feel with because uh, some people, me included, if it's ten minutes of being a ding a ding a ding a ding, I'd be like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know. But it's a really right. nice balance for for a record, and and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I hope you guys do too. Even if you're not a bluegrass person, I think you could find something to love here. So uh, go check out the Steel Drivers, Bad for You, which is good for you. <laughs> cool. Nice pick. All right, man. I think it's about that time where we uh, open up the back door, let the dogs in out from the yard. I keep mine in the basement. <laughs> oh, dog. I don't. I don't. No one call. Terrible. Any, yeah, Terrible, don't, call, don't call any organizations. Don't. My dog is a cherished Little man that gets everything he wants. So we that's, right, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you can make fun of any genre, any musician that you want. Just don't make fun of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. What'd you bring to the yeah, table? Yeah. So yeah, we're talking about some of our favorite records from the 2010s on the show. So I'm talking about a record that came out right in the beginning of the decade uh, from an artist by the name of Owen Pallet. The album is entitled Heartland. It is a chamber pop record, which we'll touch on in a second. Um, we're going to play a cut, though, from about two-thirds away through the record. This is entitled Lewis Takes Off His Shirt. Please don't give it to me, <laughs> Owen. <laughs> it's a good thing you don't want it because you ain't gonna get it, man. <laughs> All right, so this is, uh, this is Owen's first record under his own name. He previously had recorded under the name Final Fantasy. He's a classically trained singer and violinist from the Toronto, Canada area, um, and he primarily works in this chamber pop genre is that something you're familiar with man do you know what that means if i said chamber pop i uh, yeah I, I especially can guess i mean that i i've heard it of it before i don't think i've ever heard any of it before this album but okay. i imagine you know the arrangements are like chamber music kind mm-hmm. of pre pre-classical but with a pop uh sound to it a right pop sound like kind of a modern twist on an old sound i guess yes. there's lots of strings kind of uh, woodwinds, that type of thing. On this record, he actually plays with the Czech Philharmonic. Uh, excuse Orchestra. me, uh, is there any flute? <laughs> this is not progressive chamber pop, man. You're okay. confused with some. <laughs> I need me some flute. <laughs> All right, so uh, this record in particular is a bit of a concept record, which we love on the Elb Nerds podcast. Let me briefly, briefly walk you through the story. It takes place on an imaginary planet known as Spectrum, and our hero is a ultra-violent farmer by the name of Lewis, who is kind of at odds with the god character in the story, which is 
played by Owen. I think he's kind of having a bit of an internal battle between uh, maybe his creative muse or something like that. So Lewis, the farmer, revolts against his god and he kind of goes up to heaven and tries to kill him. It's quite a quite a battle that unfolds uh, through over the course of this record here. Very interesting to read, read the lyrics as you're listening along to the music here. Um, but I think what really makes this record interesting to me is the the orchestration of all this these cool sounds that you wouldn't normally hear especially as violin i think works really well there's some great melodies that are played throughout this record here um and it's really meant to be kind of enjoyed as a, a single piece of music there are individual tracks but it, it really plays out best from start to finish that's what albums are for my man that's why we love the albums man that's mm-hmm. right so what did you think of this record then man? i don't particularly dig the sound but I didn't know anything about the story. So if I go back, read the lyrics and listen to it again, maybe it will hold my interest more. Because I heard it and it just like sounded, <laughs> just sounded, I don't know, whiny. And <laughs> and it, it just, it didn't, there was just no connection whatsoever. So having some insight could really change the experience. So that's what we're all about here at the Album Nerds, a podcast. That's right. I'm trying to give you a little background, a little appreciation to... Yeah. Uh, why people make this art. So I think it's a pretty cool record. I still really enjoy going back to it. So once again, that is Owen Pouts, and the record is entitled Heartland. All right. My old dog is from a very old dog of a band, but this record is fairly new. It is absolutely excellent. We're going with Anthrax for All Kings from 2016. The song is For All Kings. All right, so that was Anthrax with For All Kings from the album For All Kings from 2016. Uh, Anthrax has been around a long time, formed in New York City in 1981. Rhythm guitarist Scott Ian is still with the band, original member and kind of uh, main lyric writer. Uh, Joey Belladonna, the vocalist, was with the band in the early 80s, left for a while in the 90s, and then the band sounded a little grungier, but these guys are thrash kings, came up with the big four, Slayer, Metallica, Anthrax, and Megadeth were the big thrash bands of the early 80s, and uh, I've always had a soft spot for these guys, didn't always follow every single album. I uh, wasn't a super fan, but when this came out, man, it just caught me. And I don't know why. I mean, they have a lot of great records, but this thing is stuck in my head all the time since 2016. And I enjoy all the songs at For All Kings. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of meaning behind these songs. The track For All Kings, I mean, there is some meaning behind this stuff. It's not just words to put in front of thrash guitars. Uh, the meaning of this one is that anyone can be a king. That's what Scott Ian said. Everyone can control their own lives, control their destiny just by growing up and becoming a responsible human being, like a good person. That makes us kings. And I thought that was pretty cool, and I can rock to that. What did you think about yeah, this, Andy? I'm a king. I like that. Yeah. Sure. Right yeah. on. That's right. Call me your highness, Andy, from now on. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really a huge... 80s metal fan in general. I think we've talked about that in the show before, but I did enjoy this record. The first few tracks sounded almost exactly like what I think of as Metallica, like modern day Metallica. Yeah, yeah. The vocal style is more Iron Maiden-y than 
mm. Metallica E, which is yeah. of, you know kind of their their sound. Right. It's funny because I was listening to some of the, especially the later tracks on here, and he's hitting some of those like high notes that mm-hmm. I always think of like you like hitting those high notes because I know you love singing those. Yes. Those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, that's a dude song right there. Totally. That's right. Oh yeah, I love those moments. I mean, that's one of the things that uh, that Skid Row did awesome too. You know, I love that. Yeah, right. Sure. Sure. But yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. It's kind of middle of the road for me in general, but I think that's more of a generational thing than a quality issue. There's some high quality songs here too, like uh, well written, well, really well put together and arranged. uh, Multi part eight minute epic for uh, on Four All Kings is Blood Eagle Wings. One, I think it's one of their best songs. But anyway, if y'all like thrash, if y'all like the the eighties metal, and you have a soft spot for Anthrax, even if you don't. If you just like metal and you haven't really dug into these guys, go back to the back catalog. There's so many, so many good records, but this is this is um, really high quality for a band that's been around for so long. So check out Anthrax for All Kings, please. Word up! All right, well, I think we can uh, put the dogs back in the basement now and uh, <laughs> move on. It's a it. finished basement, Andy. It's got a rec room, <laughs> an arcade. <laughs> so. Uh, treadmills, treadmills for the dogs to it's keep dog treadmills. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Yep. Wow. Impressive. Yeah, there's like vending machines with dog treats. It's awesome. <laughs> wow. Like I'm staying in your basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, going to wrap it up on the podcast for today. Thank you for listening. I would love to hear what you guys are listening to or what you thought of these records. Shoot us a note at podcast at albumnerds.com. I myself will reply back to you if you do so. His Highness will reply back to you. That's right. An email from royalty. But otherwise, yeah, if you want to subscribe to the show, please do so. We'd love that. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be awesome. And for your listening enjoyment, don't forget, on Spotify, we have all playlist of all the songs we just played. And it's a good jumping off point to listen to the full records. Yep. So just search for Album Nerds on Spotify and you'll get there. It's episode 103. Oh yeah, 103. So also hit us up on uh, on Instagram and Twitter. We're really trying to up our Instagram game. So go follow us there and uh, check in with us. All right. We'll be back in a couple more weeks with brand new and old dog recommendations for everybody. So thanks so much for listening to the Album Nerds podcast. We'll catch you then. Thanks a lot. See you.